This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, my dudes? And Dave Oster. Take two. Take take two, because I said <laughs> tomorrow. And today, we are talking about the wettest of boys. It's back. We're updating you on our fantasy league with all of our viewers. Uh, we are going to be talking to our patron, Jake, for his anniversary about some overreactions. We're going to talk about a big overreaction, the Suns possibly making the playoffs because they balled out against the Mavericks. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are going to say, it, say yeah, saying it's happening. Or will but we? it could be possible because right now they're 0-1. Or, sorry, they're 1-0. 1-0. Uh, sorry, you're so used to saying the Suns are 0-1, you know? It's late. Uh, but And we might talk to you, League, but we'll see how we're feeling. But let's jump into the dampest of dudes, the moistest of men's, the soggiest of shooters. This is Wet Boys. If you are new here, Wet Boys is a weekly series that we do where we showcase three players that absolutely balled out, uh, you know, dropped some dimes, blocked some shots, stole some girls, uh, dropped some mad points, set some records, had some career highs. Uh, we talk about them and, and give them some love here because we really don't want to dedicate 20 minutes to them. Last year, what boy of the year was LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis made a good push for it. Yeah. Giannis was close as well. Kristaps Porzingis was very high up there, and he was injured as well. Yeah. Um, and we will see the, uh, the the happenings. We will keep track like we did last year. Um, Ricky's got his nice little table. Jarius Lyle, uh, Jarius Lyles from uh, UMBC was a uh, he did get a, a mention. Boy. Um, who was the other? Uh, the Phoenix Suns as a the team. Phoenix Suns as a team were a wet which boy. Almost this week, it, you had one other sure. weird one as your last wet boy too. Uh, no, I the last three because I, I remember I fought you on it. I had Igudala. I had no. It was just the the Suns. You didn't want to count the no, Suns. No, no, no. Yeah. That was that was at the beginning of the year. I'm yeah. talking about at the end of the year. You had one where I was like, well, technically he's not a player, and you were like, was it Brad Stevens? Did you give it to a coach? Uh, yeah, yeah, I gave it to Brad, Brad Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, it was the Sixers one where they yeah, he totally. I was like, yeah. he's not a player, and you were like, count I don't it. care. Anyways, we can do whatever we want. It's our own segment. Exactly. Well, let's start off. Let's go to Ricky. Ricky, who's your white boy of the week? Mine was a little dif- difficult. Um, because part of me was like, oh, this guy only played one game, but then I said, screw it. I loved him in that one game. Jason Tatum balled out to start the season. I know they lost to the Raptors today as we're recording it, but who cares? What, boys, was before this as we were recording today it's on just Friday. It's just one game. We're and the first game he balled out that first game. In my mind, showing the 76ers, hey, you should have taken me. You should have traded up to take me, not that Markel Fultz guy. Love Jason Tatum, game one, and the C's got the win. They did get the win. Yeah. Dave, who was your white boy of the week? My white boy of the week was almost Joe Ingles. It was so Jump close to being Joe. Joe Ingles. But I had to go with Karis LeVert. We, I, I love this kid coming out of college. I, I, It was the redemption arc. You know, he got hurt. He was a great player, and now he comes into the Nets, and this is his third year now? Third yeah, or second year? Uh, I'm, third. I'm even questioning it. Because they traded up uh, 22nd pick. Michigan Spot Black. check me. Third. Whatever. Uh, he, he's doing great. Third like year. He's not the guy I expected to step out at the beginning of the year. I thought D'Angelo Russell was going to bounce back. Instead, Russell's playing like shit, and Karis LeVert is the dude. It is impressive. He's doing a little bit of everything for them. Uh, his first game was great. He had like 27-4-4. Four, four. Second game, I think, was 28-6-5. So, truly impressive. He, he's doing great work, and I, I like this young Nets team. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely fantastic so far um, from Karis. You, the team that you thought was a dark horse as well yeah. for the playoffs. Um, so uh, you know, so well, far they're two and zero. And hell, Karis Levert might be able to take him to the uh, the promised land. Uh, Karis was not a wet boy last year. Jingles did have one, I believe. He had a postseason. I, I one. know I put him in um, there. Yeah, he had a post. I remember making it. He had a postseason <laughs> one. He did not have a regular season one. Um, yeah, the only weird one was uh, uh, Jarius Lyles. Um, we had Torrey Prince in there. Uh, Gerald Green was one after he balled out. Vince Carter was, that was one. That was the off-the-couch game. Um, but, yeah, the only other one, weird one was then postseason. It was uh, it was um, Brad Stevens. Uh, but you, and we actually gave two to Brad Stevens. Um, <laughs> oh, Nick Collison was the other one. That's the one you didn't like because he retired. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I gave right. Nick Collison yeah. one. Uh, anyways. Did you just delete last year's wet boy counter? Yeah, because it's a new counter. You I put the winner. Tab. What? I put the winners no, on we, the table. We need a new tab. No. New no, tab for new, new tab. year. 2018. You got track. This go is back, historic. Go back. Go back. I don't want to make it keep... messy. Yeah, and have new like, tab. No. New tab. Yeah, I did. And I, I only care about make, the, who the no, winner. No, make a, we make care a about 20, the history. We need a history. I need a history. If you don't want to take ownership, I'll take ownership. Anyways, let's go to my wet boy. I picked him for MVP, so I'm going to ride him. I told you, whenever he has a hot game, I'm picking him for wet boy. Anthony Davis is my wet boy of the week. 32 points, 16 total boards, 8 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Anthony Davis is a fantastic player. He balled out again against the Kings. Mirotic is actually so far. Who's the better player on that team? Let's be honest here. (laughs) Nico is putting up some ridiculous numbers. I said it was going to be tough for Anthony Davis to win both Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. The only players to do it was Hakeem and Michael Jordan. Anthony Davis for sure has a shot this year to do it. Mm -hmm. He could be the third player to do so. Anthony Davis was fantastic against the Rockets. Nobody thought they would be beating him in general in that first game. And they go out and blow the doors off of him in Houston. Good Lord. Shout out AD. Um, if they are higher than a fifth seed, it will be because of AD. And if they make the playoffs, it will be because of AD. AD's getting all the credit because he's the they third best player in the NBA. They almost struck 150 tonight. Yeah. <laughs> they play the Kings, though, so it's not that Kings. big of a deal. It's like but, playing a JV team. But you're still, 150 is a big number. It is a big number. <laughs> it's a very big number. And I don't know how to count to it. Um, but the other things that I want to do is, uh, since it was first games, everyone did have a ball out. So we're going to give some shout outs. You already gave one to, yeah. to Jingles. Yeah, he had uh, a great game. I wanted to give one to Josh Richardson. Yep. He had a fantastic first Again, two games. Yeah, he's, he's doing work. I wanted to give one to Torin Prince because he had two back to back fantastic oh. games, a 26 and 28. I'm going to go Homer, Zach Levine. Uh, Zach Levine had 30 points. Uh, ben Simmons had a trip dub, and he's averaging in the first two games 16, 14, 9 and a half, two and a half steals. <laughs> Two blocks. I picked him for my defensive player of the year, and so far, so good. Giannis Antetokounmpo was fantastic. Um, Kemba Walker dropping 41 for the Hornets. And then sitting out the fourth quarter of a game Mm -hmm. because he just didn't need to play it because they were blowing out the Magic so hard. And Steph in the first game was fantastic as well. And Nico Mirotic, who's currently leading MVP voting, I'm pretty sure. That's true as well. 36 and 34, I think it was, uh, for his first two games. great percentages. Any other shout-outs you guys want to give before we get into our fantasy? I think that's all of them for me. Ricky? No, no, I got none. Those were the shout-outs. Let us know your wet boy down in the comments below. But before we end it, we're adding a new segment, and it's just talking about our fantasy. Again, we have uh, 12 viewers in. It's a 13-person Roto League um, for our fantasy uh, league with all our viewers. Um, The big thing I want to talk about first is the draft. Uh, We put up the draft on our YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. so you can rewatch it if you like. All of us are calling us idiots, at least Dave and I idiots, um, for not listening to to Ricky. Um, But so far, we are, I think, sixth. In our league, uh, and we are 43.5 points behind 2K Mike, who is currently in the lead, so shout out Mike. Uh, and then we are 43 po- points ahead of Kraft, who is in last. So we're right in the middle. Yeah, we're dead center. Um, we're tied for field goals, or tied for ninth for field goals made, which isn't too shocking. We don't have a lot of chuckers, and the chucker we do have, Russ, 
is uh, out for the first two games so far. We are fifth in field goal percentage, which was my idea. We had Otto yep. Porter, Gary Harris, uh, Blake, and Drummond. Under Drummond, yeah. Um, Second and three field percentage, and that's with Drummond on our team. Yeah. Uh, eight and three pointers made, fifth and three point percentage, fourth and rebounds, third and assists. Uh, shout out to Paul Gasol who dropped like five, six, and seven. Uh, tied in twelfth for steals. I knew blocks was going to be bad too. We're seventh in blocks. Yeah. But Trey Young just got us a block tonight, <laughs> and uh, ninth in points. But again, that can change because uh, when we add Russ, so I'm not too worried. Look, and we got to play the waiver wire. To be fair, yeah, a lot of this is going to be waiver wire. There's going to be a lot of changes on this team. But to be fair, this is a roto league. We know very little about roto. Like we, this is year two of us playing fantasy basketball. So yeah, you're probably right. We did make a lot of dumb draft moves. Doesn't matter. We got it right where we want it. We're right in the middle of the pack. We're competitive. And again, you can't tell what's actually happening until you know two weeks in. Exactly. So it's something that you know last year it ended up fine. We drafted a team very similar. We had Dame and we had uh, Boogie, but it ended up being fine. Yeah. Um, also, we will do biggest risers and followers. We'll do that after a couple of weeks uh, once that once that settles out. Do we still feel pretty pretty confident in that steal at the end of the draft? At Boogie, Boogie Cousins? Hell yeah. He was fantastic last year. And if you're telling me he's coming by December, yes. yeah, he's going to be fantastic. Um, because if you're still going to get points from him, he's going to be super efficient because he can get wide open shots. Yep. And um, I'll be completely honest. I'm looking at um, first place in our league. Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid, um, Bobby Portis, Josh Hart. He's kind of got some guys in the first week. two games that have our first two days that have been balling out since the season started. Let's be honest. Josh Hart's not going to do what he did. Yeah, but Josh Hart had a good game as well. No, what he I'm did. No, for sure. He's got Karis Levert on the bench, too. Yeah. Is so he today really? he had Levert on the is bench. Is that Mike? It is Mike, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Mike. 2K Mike. Mike, you're the leader week one. Um, but final thought. Uh, no, I, and also the other thing that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. This is a mess because mm-hmm. it's the first time we're doing it. Um, I think I texted you guys. Yeah, no, you did. Okay. I got I got guys. For, for fantasy free agent. Just one guy. One guy. Okay. Uh, fantasy free agent pickups that uh, guys in our league should be now looking out for. Pick or between our the own team should be looking for it. Uh, what, what's the guy you guys should be looking out for? I think you could have a nice month or even finish of the season. I mean, for me, I, I'm going to give two, but there's one because they're the same team. No, no give me one. I'm, I'm, if you give me two, I'm going to cut you off. I'm either going. I for one, give me one. Fine, I'm going with the Cavaliers. That's that's my guy. Basically, Osman or George Hill, whichever one we can get. Chetty Osman. Because it's like they're both doing well. They both have points per game. My question is, Osman, I think, can keep it up. George Hill, will he keep it up? Because Jetty's going to be a chucker. I mean, we're we're going to talk about that in the second segment. He's a chucker, so maybe we can add him to be a volume scorer, kind of a chucker guy because we don't have any. The guy that I was thinking about, was he's a free agent, and he's a guy we're talking about next. It's Sauce Castillo. Oh, Sauce Castillo. No. Load it out. Come on. No. He's a chucker, baby. No. Dave, who's your free agent? It was going to be Chatty Osman. Uh, but I'll just say... Maybe uh, we should pick him up. He's still available. Yeah, I'll just say maybe, maybe TT. Because, you know, we need blocks, and he can do that at least. He can block and rebound. I don't know. I hate bigs, though. So, like, can we get a non-big who gets blocks? Like, does that is that Miles Bridges? Can he get us blocks? Can he get enough playing time? No. No. It's the Hornets. They don't play rookies. Uh, but but who do we drop, then? If we're picking up Osman, who are we dropping? Because we got mm. Trey Young, Boogie, Brogdon, Paul Gasol, Josh Jackson, James Johnson... Tobias Harris, Rajon Rondo, Drummond, Blake, Porter, Gary Harris, Russ. Man, that's that's tough, actually. James Johnson, maybe? He's a guy that gets his blocks and steals. Oh, yikes. <laughs> He's been out, though. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah, I say, thing. can we float him and... Uh... He's been ruled out. Do we need Paul Gasol? Yes, maybe. Yeah, because Paul's we... good, right? He's not hurting us. Yeah, but I mean... He, like, he might be able to get us blocks. He didn't get his blocks in the first he one. He gets 23 assists. minutes, 5 points, 6 assists, 7 boards. But that's another thing, too, of... Like, first off, DeMarcus Cousins in their starting lineup, why? 
Like he's I not just in. Play, no, okay. I, just, I just put because you can put him in. Okay. It's not hurting you to put him in. Um, because he's not going to play. True. And I just play guys. I if if they could have the guys on the not playing. If they have a game, I'm starting yeah. them. But yeah, we could have grabbed someone who was playing. You know. But no. Do you want to drop boogie? Because no, you know, the no, second no, we drop Boogie, no, we don't drop no. Boogie. That's the thing, I'm you know, the second we drop Johnson Boogie. No, I'm just, I was oh, just yeah. wondering why he was in the lineup, but then I looked below and we don't have any. I'm not on starting over guys who are actually yeah. playing. Yeah. Um, That's tough. Josh Jackson no. had a well, good game. Just, game I just Jackson's going to give us steals and, and, and blocks. blocks. Yeah. He means good defensively, and he was hitting threes at a, at a pretty good rate. The only one would be James Johnson or Paul Gasol. Yeah. Or maybe Brogdon, even too. But Brogdon played well tonight. So. He had 15, 4, and 7 in two steals. Yeah, I would go Brogdon. The, the, That's the, who I would go. I'd, Brogdon was fantastic. Brogdon's I'm probably not, a, like, yet again, and the thing about this is... You don't trust him. It's, what, two days into the NBA season? Three days into the NBA season? So we don't want to make an overreaction move, okay. but at the same time, it's how you're going to think they do Brogdon's over... former rookie of the year. He's on a playoff team. He's going to be playing with Chris Mid and Giannis. Mm-hmm. He's going to get those assists. He's putting up 15 and 10, which is fair. Seven points, and he's good for four or three boards. I mean, he's not doing anything crazy. Where do we believe Osman, who's not a guy who's, you know, who's done this consistently? Mal- I mean, Malcolm's done it for I'm just saying, years. you said we needed a chucker. We we know that Osman's going to be a volume shooter and could get shots now that LeBron's not there. So it could help us in a way. But we could wait. What are we going to focus on? We that's, could wait because we we're going to get Russ. Yeah, we do get Russ back, and that that's a game changer. So, and the only thing that we're really hurting on is field goals made, and then Russ does that steals and blocks. Russ doesn't do that. We're not, we're not <laughs> and we're not getting blocks from Osman. Yeah, no, we're not. We're getting so. steals, but that's it. So I don't know. Maybe thoughts. we hold tight. I, I think we hold tight. I don't. I don't think there's anything. Let us major, know what we major should major do. Needed. Because the guys that really started like bouncing off were like Prince, and I picked him up, and Brooks, who I right. picked him up. You got to wait, I think, till injuries start happening. Uh, before you start making a move, or or if it's someone like you know Shea, who you really what about pop off. Ooh. what about Zach? Pick up Zach Collins, drop Pogasol because Zach Collins had. I know it's only one game, but he had six blocks. Are we going to expect him <laughs> to? We're not going to expect him to play. No, no, no. I know, but it's records. like, is he going to? Could he be a guy that gets us blocks this year? Because I just sorted by blocks and the leading block guys. On the waiver wire are he, Zach Collins, Marvin Williams, Terrence Ross, Plumlee, and Harkless are the top five. So if we're looking at him versus Gasol, because mm-hmm. I think that's probably the argument if we yeah. drop, it's 6-6. Six, six. So really there's nothing crazy between mm-hmm. rebounds and boards. Uh, Paul is getting more assists, yep. but obviously blocks are coming in from Collins. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, if you feel like we're going to be good on assist numbers once Russ comes back, like what number are we in the league on assists? Uh, Russ is going to get like, a triple. Yeah. Dub, that's He's a triple dub. So, that's I mean, we don't third, have to. Third in assists. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we kill it in assists, but we could. We and Trey Young has played well. Yeah. So. I like Zach Collins over Paul Gasol. I like the big softy. Who, who's that? That's Paul, Gasol. Paul Gasol. Okay. Like, uh, Zach Collins, I, I need consistency. Because we watched this last year. He balled out for a game, then he disappeared. I mean, tonight. Oh, sorry, that was that was preseason. All right. Yeah. Give me, give me give me one more week without Zach Collins. We'll see. I'm gonna override you. Oh shit. Okay. We're going. We're going. We're going. Zach Collins. All right. All right. You do it. you. See, we can always we can uh, push a button. Okay, they're playing tomorrow. Push a button. They're button. playing tomorrow. Whoever do has it. a better game will pick them up because this won't. Will this go out? When is this going out? They play at nine. The, the same day. 
Is this going on tonight? Yeah. Well, the same day Tomorrow. as their game. The same day as Push their the game. Push the button. Sean. Just do it. Just do it. Drop, drop Gasol. Uh, be a man. Put your name on it. Don't be afraid of it. The man who gets his points, rebounds, and assists. And uh, eight block. Eight block, probably. Is everyone going to uh, be like, oh my god, they dropped Paul Gasol. We need Paul Gasol. I don't think they're going to jump on Paul Gasol. He's only got 10% ownership, and he's got negative. Yeah, we're, yeah that counts. Ahead. Yep. All right, cool. That's going to be the end of it, and we're going to move into Jake. Hey, we'll work out the, the fantasy we'll, stuff. We'll smooth mm-hmm. it out. I feel like it was uh, maybe entertaining. Could but I don't know if it was put together, but... We'll figure it out, but uh, that's let's go. right now. We've fallen to eight apparently as well. Um, so we we went from six to eight. We got sixty one points, um, <laughs> but that's only because we had three players. But also we still have high percentages: forty four percent from the field, sixty two percent from the line, which is bad, but forty four percent from three. And we also have eighteen assists. So I think we're fine on assists. Yeah. But let's move into our next topic, and we are super excited to welcome back our patron Jake for the twelfth straight month. It is the year anniversary of Jake being on our podcast. We are super excited to have him back. 12 straight months of having him on the Fast Break podcast. Way back when Lonzo Ball was dropping triple doubles as rookies and Jake was calling him a bum. Jake, how you doing today? Hey, he's still a bum. <laughs> oh. What hot takes do you have for us today? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I uh, uh, my my week was ruined after the Celtics just decimated the Sixers. But then you got back and you decimated the uh, the Bulls. And uh, I think you know we, we kept disrespecting. I put that in air quotes because we haven't been disrespecting the six, Sixers, but we've been disrespecting the Sixers. Uh, but I give your boy uh, Ben Simmons Defensive Player of the Year nods, and so far he's playing like it. So uh, I, I think I'm giving some good mojo to your Sixers. But today we are bringing back. Uh, Jake wasn't on this last topic. It was actually an OT edition when it was just Dave and I. Uh, last year doing it in front of the green screen uh, but we're bringing back Oakley Folkley it is our version of buy or sell uh, Oakley for Charles Oakley for being the real deal and then Folkley for being the fake ass shit like trees um, <laughs> so we have 12 things that we're gonna be talking about I'm gonna send uh, four to each one of the guys so Jake Dave and Ricky um, and they're gonna play our own version of buy or sell so let's do it we're gonna start off with Jake and Jake we got to give you a Sixers topic to start off and we are going to talk about Markel Fultz. Two games already against the Sixers and sorry, against the Celtics and the Bulls, and he started both of them. So far, it's been iffy. Should Markel Fultz be starting for the 76ers? Is that Oakley or Folkley? Um, I'm going to go with Folkley on this one. Not that I don't like the kid or anything like that. I think he's going to be good, but as of now, he's been too hesitant to shoot three-pointers, even though I made one yesterday. It uh, slows down the offense too much, in my opinion. And having J.J. out there would give him a spark. And even though the only reason they were in that Bulls game to start is because both teams were shooting a crazy percentage. But it wasn't thanks to him. No, yeah. and it, well, he did finally hit his first three. And uh, obviously we've been <laughs> seeing his, ovation. his struggles. And yeah. we, we saw Fultz Skultrant uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, We've been seeing the, the struggles, and obviously teams have been noticing it as well, pretty much not guarding him when he's beyond the three-point line. Uh, do you agree with Jake with the Moko Fultz should not be starting? I do agree with Jake. I think that he, he's he's smart about this. J.J. Redick and that team, that lineup last year, was one of the best offensive and defensive units in the in the entire league. So go back to that, continue having success. Let Fultz lead the second unit. Let him work with uh, uh, T.J. out there. And run that less pressure. And honestly, like he needs to be the guy who runs that offense. And I feel like he was like, it was like 4v5 out there on offense a lot of time because when he wasn't engaged, like he was just standing off to the side. He wasn't put in motion. He wasn't doing a whole lot. So I'm going second unit, let him be a stud. 
You got any differing opinions? No, I don't. And the thing I'm going to relate it to is this isn't like the Lakers where if the Lakers want to later in the year now, if they want to like, oh, let's throw out Ball and Rondo. Like Fultz isn't old enough to be like Rondo where it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to let Ball be the ball dominant guy. I can do other things with my game, mainly play defense and not have to bring the ball up. Plus they've got LeBron, which is a different story. I just don't know why you would throw Ben Simmons out there and Markel Fultz and expect Fultz in college. He was ball dominant. He hasn't been that confident in the NBA so far. So what's going to get him confident in my mind? Lead the second unit, be that ball dominant guard, kind of maybe that'll spark him to, oh, I remember how to do this, and then not have to be like, oh, I'm playing with Ben Simmons, who Ben Simmons is going to bring the ball up for the Sixers team. You know, like, I, there's no question. I, I weirdly disagree with all of you here, and that's it's not because his play's been phenomenal, he deserves to be out there, and JJ <laughs> would give them a, a better run, but. The pressure, I don't think, really comes in the beginning of the game. It comes near the end of the game, and you can always take him out and put J.J. in. And we've even been seeing in the second half, J.J. has been starting out with the uh, the, the, the original First four. Yep. Um, and I think with Fultz, it just gets him his feet wet early, and it gets him into the game. And yes, he's not playing the position that would probably best suit his skills, but in the overall, in the end goal of this, you want him to be a starter. He's the first overall pick. So you got to at least get him out there and try and get him into the mood of being a starter. And even running the second unit might be too much of a problem because you don't have Ben out there. You don't have Joe out there. You don't have a go-to scorer to rely on there. When Ben's That's out fair. there, when Joe's out well, there. TJ. You, oh, yeah, of course, TJ was putting up <laughs> like eight points per game in his career. Um, when you look, or maybe Dario, though. I mean, D- Dario and, and uh, uh, Markel will be something interesting to watch, though. Um, but again, I think it's a little bit more pressure because you don't have someone who is a rock out there to rely offensively. And he's good defensively, and it just helps that defense, at least with you know Ben, Joe, Rocco, all out there. I think it's actually a good fit right now just because it's early in the season. You're not losing games after the first five minutes. It's not going to hurt him. It's just going to hopefully help his confidence. Um, and I think giving you know, Brett Brown putting that confidence behind him is going to help him and probably the problems he had last year as well. I'm going to go to Dave next. Your boy, the moist one, Malik Monk. Dropping 18 points, 7 of 16 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3 in 34 minutes, coming off the bench against the Bucks. Are you buying that he will be a consistent starter at the end of the season for the Hornets? A consistent starter? No. No. Uh, I don't know that he'll succeed Jeremy Lamb. Um, Lamb's got years of experience on him. He is more, I guess, he and Kemba have a good relationship. I see Malik Monk as like one of the better six men, though, just because he can walk into a game and just start lighting up the scoreboard. Like he just drops shots. He doesn't hesitate. He's got a great confidence to his game right now. I know tonight, you know, as we're recording this, he put up like 11, two and one, like, so obviously not as much, but like he's going to be in that 10 to 15 range pretty consistently. Is he going to take this five from him? I don't think so because of the lack of defense on his end. I think Lamb's a better guy to go with uh, out of the gates, but Malik Monk could be an elite uh, six man. Ricky, Oakley, Folkley. I am going to go with Oakley on this one. And the only reason why I am is because to me, the Hornets, I know we're two games in, but the main game that I watched was that one against the Bucks, And it was one where it's like, Jake, I even think you messaged Sean and I saw it pop up on my phone. Kemba put up 41. He did. And that team still <laughs> lost that game. So I feel like the Hornets are going to be this team where especially when they go up against the teams that we thought would be playoff caliber teams, it's going to be, hey, you know what? We need the guys that are going to be giving us the best effort out there. Malik Monk, I think, will give that effort, and the Hornets probably won't be 
a playoff caliber team might be like right there, like nine, 10. And because of that, they just need bodies out there. And Malik Monk is going to give them a reason to put him out there in the starting lineup and get consistent minutes. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the fact that Kemba might get traded soon. They might need someone to run well, the one. That too. Jake, Oakley, <laughs> Folkley on Malik Monk. Uh, I think Folkley on him starting. I think Oakley on him being one of the best six men in the league. I think he can transition to kind of like a Jamal Crawford role um, where he can be a primary ball hander off the bench and he can take the majority of the shots. I also think he has potential to be able to run an offense. I just think he's a really skilled young player that's just very raw and hasn't been able to develop yet. Now, yeah. would you rather have Fultz or... Malik Monk. What role am I putting him in? I don't know. Second unit. I would still take. I would still take Markel Fultz because I'm still treating him like a rookie. Yeah, I know. Ha ha. Sixers rookie. I was gonna Get say it. Malik Monk didn't play much more than Markel Fultz did last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he also didn't deal with the same trauma. Though. I yeah, think he played over 40 games at least. He got benched for like part of the year, and he was getting like scrap minutes here and there. He's still playing though. I mean, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't not out there at all. He was still he still had a uniform. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like Jonas, Jonathan Isaac who missed it and also didn't know where his uniform was for the first game. <laughs> uh, looking at Monk too, I, I think it's going to be a Folkley as well, just because you look at it, he's still getting more minutes than Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Uh, Lamb got one more minute today, uh, but I think it was 34 in the first game and uh, 21 for Lamb in the second one. I think that they're going to run with it because, again, this first five minutes of the game doesn't really matter. It doesn't really affect you. It's near the end. And if you need go-to scoring and Kemba's not working it today, you can go to Malik Monk if he's if he's on fire off the bench. And, and we've seen that before uh, with plenty of six men. Uh, we'll move now to Ricky, and I'm going to give you one for your boy. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of rookies have nice performances. Luka Doncic was decent. DeAndre Ayton was fantastic. Uh, Marvin Bagley was a little bit iffy in his debut. Trey Young a little bit iffy as well. Uh, but Mo Bamba was absolutely fantastic. He had 13-7, two blocks, six of eight from the field, one of two from three. Will he finish as a starting center for the Magic? I am going to – see, I don't know where to lean on this one because there's two sides of it. One – is you say by the end of the year, well, by the end of the year, what's the confidence in Vucevic? And our fans is the magic. Are they going to be ready to kind of move on from that and go, hey, let's put Mo Bamba. There's a reason why we drafted him so high. However, I'm going to say Folkley. And the reason why is you mentioned that game. He played a really good game, but he is still a rookie. And we saw the next game where it's like, yeah, he had 19 minutes, but he had no points. He Oh, from four from the field. Obviously, that's what you get when you get zero points. Yeah. And then only had five boards, two assists, one block. That to me is like, this is what we may see from Mo Bamba. There may be flashes where it's like, ooh, this is this is why we draft him. This is what he can bring. But then he is still kind of learning and adjusting his game, building his body the way it needs to be. So I'm going to say Folkley. Next year, we can maybe focus on him being the sole starter at the five for the Magic. Anyone say in Oakley to Mo Bamba being the starter at the end of the year for the Magic? I am. You are? Yeah, because I think Vizovic has moved to the deadline. Do you think the Magic actually will do that, though? Yeah, I think they actually will. And what do you think I they're think probably going to be looking to get back mm-hmm. for it? And which team do you think might be a good fit for Vucevic? Because, I mean, even today he had four blocks. And, I mean, he still can stretch I think, uh, the, 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 the defense out a little bit. I think Milwaukee's a pretty good fit for him honestly i don't know if they're looking for much of a defensive center but he can give you volume scoring and he's good on the boards and he's been improving defensively i think he there could be a good fit i don't I mean i don't know if anybody else i don't know if many teams that need a big man but i think milwaukee is still in search of one and if he is moved i think that'd be a pretty a pretty decent destination yeah the only thing with milwaukee is they got brooke lopez and he plays a very similar, similar. role 
yeah. as Vucevic. And that's the one thing with Vucevic is, I, you know, he's a decent player, but yeah. you can find guys like Vucevic, and Vucevic isn't great. Because even when you you know, trade a guy a guy like that, he's not going to become one of your you know go th- you know top three guys. Vucevic isn't that type of player, so he might become a starter, might come off the bench, but I don't think he's going to have an impact like uh, you know uh, you saw with the, your your son Ilyasova last year, or uh, even you know Marco Bellinelli. I don't think he's going to have that like veteran impact off yeah. the bench because he doesn't play that major of a role. Um, I don't think he's going to end up uh, starting, Dave. Definitely not. Uh, he's just, he's really raw. Like, he's really good, smart player, wants to learn, wants to grow, but he's not there yet physically. And getting dominated by Cody Zeller and Hernan Gomez is a uh, shining star of this is where you're actually at. And we saw the first movement of Cavs post LeBron James. We saw our boy CD Osman, or what is it, GD? Chetty. Jetty Osman? Chetty. Uh, Chetty, Cheddar. Whatever was in this. Oh uh, Cheddar Osman. <laughs> We're just going to is Jedi Osman. Uh, GD, though, uh, ends up coming in, starting for the the, uh, the the Cavs, and ends up putting up 17 points. So, Dave, I'm going to you because we have liked him before, although we mispronounce his name like all the time when we Every talk about time. it. Every uh, time. Is CGD going to <laughs> over uh, average over 14.5 points per game? I think he will. I think that this is this is a team ripe for uh, someone to take over because Rodney Hood doesn't like the spotlight. Well, he's proven that a couple times, uh, and really Kevin Love is looking for you know that second guy who can step up. And I think he's just in the right position. He's got a good skill set. He's sound as far as his uh, practical, like good passer, good rebounder, solid shooter from the outside. But he's actually pretty good with uh, ball handling. Like he's he's a crafty dribbler. So I think that yeah. Give me fourteen plus. I'm I'm all in. He's he's an Oakley. Oakley for Gidi Osman. Uh, you buying this? I, this is one where I will be completely honest. I saw this one and I went in my personal meter of careness. I don't give a crap. So for me, I'm going to say Oakley just to be positive about it. It's the Cavs. They don't have LeBron James. They need somebody other than Caleb to put the ball in the hoop. What if he's a star waiting to be born? What, what if, if he's, he's the, the next, next Gordon Hayward? What if he's the next Lady think, Gaga? I don't think that's the case. I just think he's going to be on a team where Colin Sexton is still growing into his own as a NBA player and especially early on can get some points and it can be comfortable with this team after one or two games, I'm still not high on the Cavs, and I'm just I'm just saying Oakley to be positive about it. To think that he can score points. I mean, he's gonna score points because they need someone what? other than K Love to score points. And that's the question. And right now he's got twenty two points, eight assists, three boards, mm-hmm. three turnovers, a plus ten, four of seven from the field, nine of seventeen from uh, four of seven from three, nine of seventeen from the field. Jake, you buying this on GD? Oh, hundred percent. Oakley. I think He's an efficient volume scorer, and I think he's been working all offseason to get better. He saw him training with LeBron. He was the best player at those practices. Dang. I mean, he's <laughs> over Kawhi, I think he's, LeBron, over, and who yeah. was, was it Dame too? He said, Sorry, no. You heard what he said. Cheddy. I didn't. No, I. I but it, who, it, well, it was, it was it's cheddar cheese. I'm gonna call him cheddar cheese. You know? Yeah, cheddar cheddar cheese, LeBron, Kawhi, and who was the other one? Was it Dame? I honestly no, it was KD, don't. Wasn't it? It was Kevin Durant. Wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was no. KD. Yeah, so it's the four best I, I think he's a very efficient volume scorer, and he's finally going to get shots at minutes. 
because he never really got them with LeBron there. I think he could do it. 15 a game is pretty manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now he's got the second most shots in this game, uh, just behind Caleb, who's dropping a sweet 25-19-7 uh, against his old six team. 6 of 19. Uh, yeah, 6 of 19. Uh, but they're most <laughs> likely going to lose this game as well. It's 129-123 uh, with 16.6 left. Uh, Wiggins have another good game. He's got 22. Butler's got 31. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns trailing behind. He's got 12. Taj Gibson has more points than him. Uh, let's Dang move us. on to the uh, next one, though. We're gonna. I just went to Dave, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go back to uh, Jake. We're gonna go to uh, one of your old boys. I'm changing up the direction, but uh, Sauce Castillo last night against oh, the Lakers. God. Five of eight from three, 24 points. Is nope. Sauce Castillo legit? Can we see no. 12 a night or so off the bench from Sauce Castillo, no. Nick, Nick Stauskas? No. I don't even know if I have to say anything. No. Really? I've been through this with him. I've, no, I've seen this whole story with him. He gets hot for a couple of games. Everybody's like, oh, he's, he's a shooter. That's what he is. He's a shooter. He's going to get hot for certain games. And then he's going to go like five games in a row where he has like six points combined. It's just, I don't think, I don't think personally that he's going to do it. I hope he does because I remember he was part of the trade that we did with the Kings that basically stole their draft picks. But I just, I don't, I don't see it happening at all. I mean, he's got 27 minutes, which was pretty impressive. And yeah. the last yeah. time he got those type of minutes, at least, was when he was on uh, the Sixers. It was uh, t- back in 2016-2017. Uh, uh, 27 minutes uh, a night, 36.9% or 39.6% from the field, 36.8% from three. Uh, got you know 9.5 points per game. If he has a high volume, he's playing with Dame and CJ. I and and even Nurkic and Collins he could get as well. Some good looks. I think twelve isn't too crazy for for old Sauce Castillo. I think this is an Oakley. Oh my god! I'm, anybody? I'm straight Oakley with this one because the only reason to me he did well in this game because a this was the perfect storm. He's going up against a Laker team that isn't gelled yet together, and also their play style. Fitz Nikstauskas, hey, if you want to run, I'll run. I can shoot the three ball pretty well. And the thing that irritated me in that game was LeBron didn't hit a three. B.I., wide open in the corner. You can't knock down a three, B.I.? Kuzma was one in seven. Like, if, let's say— The only one who could shoot was Josh Hart. Oh, I, I know. He's the only one. But it was like if LeBron nails one, if B.I. nails one, Look, give one more to Kuzma. It's a tie game at the end of the game. I think they started 0-15 and finished oh. 7 of 30. So, yeah. like— you take that second half and you go, okay, mm-hmm. we shot like 50% from three almost. So I'm not worried about that. Sauce Castillo is a focal though. This boy is not – like, look, he'll get looks because of that offense and having Don't Damon miss. CJ out there will draw attention. But let's see what low. he does against a different but team that's not going to run the court. What, what's going to happen when he gets run off the court because mm-hmm. of his lack of defense? Because yeah. that's what I'm used to seeing. Teams attack him. But, again, it, it's a, it's more of a bench role. And I think that's 12 still, a night isn't crazy. And I don't think he's, you know, he's getting run off the court because he's not really a starter and he's not going to be getting 27 a night like he did. But if he gets 20 a night and he gets, you know, maybe six looks a night, if he hits three of them, he's already yeah, at nine. nine. So right. I, I think I think that you do you. 12 could be something. I'm, 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 I'm rolling, folks. I think that especially you with Seth you. Curry, mm-hmm. having Zach Collins, having Evan Turner, he can play off ball, especially with Dame and CJ if he ever paired up with them. Yeah. I think that it's a pretty nice fit because he's never been in a place that has given them this much stability uh, having a ball handler there because obviously he didn't have that when he was in Philadelphia. He didn't have that when he was uh, in Sacramento. He really didn't have that in Brooklyn for his 35 games there as well. Um, and, you know, we look at, you know, finally being in Portland, he has Damien, CJ, Seth, 
Um, he has even Being Evan around Turner. better players gives you better looks. I, no one's going to argue with that logic. And so. I think that his nine career high in 2016-2017 can go all the way up to 12. We'll Ooh, see, though. 27 we'll minutes is a lot, though. It is. I don't know if that's going to be the norm. Let's move now to uh, Zach Levine. Had a fantastic night against mm-hmm. the 76ers. Looked super athletic. Looked like he was back. Still lost that game. Ricky, I'm going to you. Will Zach Levine average over 22.5 points per game? I think his career high sits around 18. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to say yes. And the only reason why is in the first game, what I saw from Zach Levine is it looked like, all right, I am ready to lead this team. And I feel like he's going to go out there. Is it going to be good or bad for our record? Probably more bad than good. But it's going to be, hey, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to lead this team. And this team's going to have to learn how to play, A, as a team, but B, learn how to play some defense as well because you look at the plus minuses and it's just horrible across the board for most of the Bulls, except for Jabari. We know he don't play defense. But I feel like Zach is going to lead this team. The thing that I wonder is how the starting lineup's going to change because Bobby came out. Bobby played great as well. Had See, 20 Bobby points for himself. Player. And then... The thing I wonder is with Jabari, is he in a bench role right now because of the injury? And eventually, will he be shifted in and campaign his garbage ass will be on the bench again? Yeah, because I can't believe that campaign well, still has a job in this league. But I mean, the reason why he was only starting was because Chris Dunn had a kid. So congrats yeah. to the real KD. Hey. Um, but I don't think Jabari is ever going to slide into this, this starting you don't role think so? unless an injury happens. Because what, what what position would he play? Who would he kick out? We were saying either at the beginning, the one we made the trade, we we're saying either the three or the four. It wasn't a trade. But, yeah, or the free, free agency. Yeah, but, but I think I think having Jabari come off the bench does give them a, an extra element, and especially having Bobby Portis out there. I think it's a pretty decent look having Jabari off the bench because, again, yeah. he's not going to be able mm-hmm. to be late in games because he doesn't want to play defense, and he can give you bench scoring. Yeah, no, I actually, like, he's playing the Bobby role right now, and Bobby's definitely stepping up and doing awesome. I'm in. I these, Zach Levine's Oakley. Like, the kid is athletic. He has a great shot, and when he's actually like, locked in, not a problem. I, I, the biggest problem for him is the lack of defense. Like, he's got all the athleticism in the world to actually get there. He just needs to learn how to pick up. Like, And again, this is a team of guys who haven't played a bunch together mm-hmm. because of him being injured last year. New guys coming into the system. And we so, don't really have a defensive-minded coach. Not really a concern. But he, he's no clue. He's going to be our scorer. He's going to be our dude. Even if Bobby's a better player right now, Zach Levine will be our star. Jake, Oakley Folkley. Oakley on Zach Levine, 100%. I was talking to you about it. Oh, I sent you a message earlier today. I was like, mm-hmm. I think Zach Levine offensively at least is somebody that you could build a team around. That guy was lighting it up, and he's somebody you can turn to to get a final shot or when you desperately need a basket, you can create it in so many different ways. I think he's just effective. Yeah, I just I, I look at him, and I, I think it's going to be a Focally because, again, his high was 18.9, and you look at what basketball reference is projecting. They're projecting 16 attempts for a game. You don't have Markinen, who is your leading scorer. You don't have Wendell Carter, who's right now currently in a, in a role. Jabari's going to get more shots. I don't think he's going to get 19 shots a, a night. He's not going to shoot 57% from the field. His three-point percentage will go up, so he's not going to go you know 28% yeah. like he was. And also, I don't think he's going to get to the line uh, seven times a night because, you know, typically when he gets there, he's already taking off and they're not going to go up and follow him. I mean, he's a guy that attacks the rim and they usually don't go up and yeah. are that aggressive Younger against teams, him. non-disciplined defenders. That's, that's basically why I got there. <laughs> I think that he's going to get his own, but I don't think... 22 and a half is a lot. And and I, I don't remember the last... The last guy to probably average that much for the Bulls was... Jimmy. Uh, was Jimmy. And, and even then, before that, it was probably D. Rose. Um, so, I mean, 22 and a half is a lot for him. 
And I don't think it's going to happen, especially when marketing comes back, unless he absolutely balls out and you know averages around 28 before marketing comes back, which is going to be crazy because that's going to be That'd near be insane, the league yeah. or leading the league. Yep. Uh, so I'll say Folkley on 22 and a half. Uh, let's move now to, I'm going to go back to Jake and we're going to go Devin Booker, MVP candidate. You look at the game last night, 35.7 assists. Um, obviously, we don't think high of the Suns, but if Devin Booker pops off night in, night out, does he have a shot at being a dark horse for the MVP? No. I don't think. He has to at least be in the playoffs to be even considered in the MVP, no matter what your numbers are in my mind. I don't think they're going to even be close to touching the playoffs in the West. I just, he could put up 33, 32, 33 at night, and I still don't think he would even be in the top three. Really? Wow. 33, I, I think the last person to do 33 was like Shaq? Yeah, no, I, Kobe, I, under, I, I understand. Co- if, right, even if, yeah. they're, if they're not in playoff contention and you still have Anthony Davis putting up these ridiculous stat lines, you're going to have Curry putting up his ridiculous stat lines, and you're still going to have Giannis, apparently right now, is the best player in the East. It's just, I just don't think – he wouldn't even be close. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns' playoff hopes and if it is legit, especially after uh, their, their great game last night uh, against the Mavericks. We'll see what happens uh, from that, I, I think that he could be a sleeper. I'm not, not saying, you know, top five, but if he finishes top 10 in, in the MVP voting after having a phenomenal season and if they win over 30 games, I think he's got a shot to win it. Well, yeah, if we open it up to top 10, then maybe with me, when you say MVP candidate, the three I only care about are the top three. Like, I don't care candidate if you're in still top, means you're on the ballot. Some people are, are voting you. I'm in. talking to me personally. I don't care. If you're like, I'm fifth on the MVP. Yeah, it's like the Heisman. Oh, I was fifth on the Heisman. Get out of here. You weren't going to win the Heisman at number five. I When you say MVP candidate to me, I'm talking top three. Dev Booker, for the exact reason Jake said, will not be an MVP candidate because his team will not be in playoff contention. I think at the end of the year with how everything's going to go, we kind of picked the MVPs in our award segment we did. I think that Giannis will be in there. AD will be in there. LeBron will be in there. And those will be our three candidates. Maybe like a James Harden if he plays well this year. But I mean, I feel like there's going to be other team, other players on teams that are playoff caliber to where it's like, yeah, let's give it to him. Not Devin Booker, who his team will be missing the playoffs this year. Although they might be improved, more improved than they were last year. All 13 guys who did get votes last year uh, didn't make the playoffs. All their teams did. Oakley, Folkley. Folkley. I think, well, he is a stud and awesome, and that was a great game out of the gates, even with an injured hand. Uh, you know, even if he add, even if this team adds 15 wins, they're still not a playoff team, and that's a lot. Like, you look at the numbers for um, the year that uh, Steve Nash came over, and I think he brought them, what, like 20-something wins? I mean, he completely changed the franchise just by adding him. Devin Booker, we're expecting another year, but they've added in so many new pieces. So, like, and Trevor Reza, Aiton, and uh, a couple of other these pieces, Ryan Anderson, like guys like that, like I'm not going to put all your success on him. So it's going to be hard to give him credit for this team's massive improvement this year. So I'm going to go with Folkley. Yeah, they add Nash in, uh, after the 2003-2004 season. They went from 29 to 62 wins, Yeah, um, which is, that, which is that's huge. a game changer. And Nash did win the, uh, the, the, the MVP that year. Uh, and that was one of the controversial ones. I think that was the least controversial one because of the absolute jump that he did. Right. I think he had like uh, 20 and 10 or something like that. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Move this a, a little bit quicker. Uh, we'll go to Ricky and we'll do uh, the Rockets. Should they be worried after losing the Pelicans 131-112 on second day? Of I, joked, I joked with you guys and said this is the curse of Melo. That's not why I'm saying that they should be worried. 
I'm saying it's because you obviously lost a lot of defense that you had last year. And I'm not putting everything in Trevor Ariza, but maybe a little bit in Trevor Ariza of what he brought to this team. I think that this team overall in the season, we're not going to be worried. They'll still be a top two, top three team in the West, but I'm sorry if we're coming to playoffs now based of, I know it's overreaction what we see from one game, but I'm looking at that team and it's like your offense can do whatever you want. I don't see you hitting and beating a Warriors team that is clicking on all cylinders with the defense that I saw from game numero uno. Dave, Oakley, Oakley. Oakley. This is this is not a concern. This is a game one blip. It's just a bad matchup. Like, I don't know what else there is to this because it's just not a problem. Like, they're a team that does not have bigs to stop. Like, they have Clint Capella, and that's about it. What and if PJ they get matched not a big? P.J. Tucker can defend to an extent, but I'm sorry, when every time they moved over to Anthony Davis, he was happy to pass out of the post because guess what? He's got a new buddy now. He's got somebody who's knocking down shots left and right, hotter than anybody. They lost against the Pelicans last year a couple times, so it's not a surprise to me. What if they get matched up in the playoffs? It's a matchup nightmare. Okay. Then it's it's a a worry? It's a matchup nightmare. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Are you on Ricky or Dave's side, Jake? I'm on Dave's side. I don't think it's an overreaction. I think... People like to look into the regular season too much. I remember a couple of years ago, Michael Carter-Williams beat the Heat in game one of the season by himself, basically. Nobody overreacted then. I think I don't even really know what they have to overreact to. Are they going to overreact to the fact they're not going to make the Western Conference Finals and get swept by the Warriors? Like, I, I don't think any team in the West should overreact to anything. I don't think anybody should read into the, the first month of the season really that much. Well, I think the overreaction would come from losing that much at home to a team that people aren't looking at a top three team in the Western Conference. And then also you look at, again, Chris Paul's getting older. Then you look at Ariza leaving, uh, yeah, Trevor Ariza yep. leaving. Uh, who, who's their, their other Luke loss? Mab- yeah, Luka Mamboute as well. Yep. And then you add uh, Mello and Michael Carter-Williams, new guys who are absolute studs out there. Um, and you're probably worried about how much that's going to affect them because defensively they were great last year. Um, and yeah. is it this going to be the regression that we thought was going to happen? We didn't think they were going to be that great defensively last year. Um, so I think that's where the worry comes from. But I think I was listening to uh, Hard, Hardwood Knox uh, with uh, Andy Bailey, uh, and he mentioned something. He was talking to somebody, um, and they were like, well, if you take this j- game and it was in January, would you worry? Like, no, it's just one game. And, right. and it, it, to, to start off the season, it's bad. But that does not mean it's going to set the the, pe- the pace and you know the expectations for this year. Uh, so I, I'll say focal on this. I still have him in the Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to change it after one game. Uh, let's go back to Dave. And we kind of mentioned it a little bit with the AD and, and, and Miritich thing. Drummond and Blake, two guys on our fantasy team that we already talked about in the first segment, uh, put up 24-20 and 20 for Drummond and 26-8-6 in their first game uh, against the Nets. Are they the best front court duo in the NBA? They're good, but they're not the best because they don't have what AD and Nico have. And that, that is the ability to shoot the three ball from consistent like volume. Like AD is obviously like one now, of the Drummond best. did hit a three. He hit a three. He hit a three. I think Nico hit what, like six a game or eight a game right now? Like Nico is dropping them like there's nothing to it. It's, it's easy. So while they are good, and I like this, I this is what we expected out of them last year was – Dominant bigs working together. Blake going back to old school solo Blake. But no, I'm going Folkley's on this. I think right now it, it's you can't ignore what AD and Nico are doing. Oakley, Folkley. I'm saying Folkley, and I'm going to take this route, and some people may not like it. Um, we're not going to see the best front court in the NBA 
until the end of the year. What's it's that Boogie mean? and Draymond. Oh, like come on, like just because Boogie's injured right now, once he gets out there, boom, instant best front court in the NBA, especially what they're going to be able to do. And then people will not forget, but it'll be like, wow, we thought this was the best. No, that's the best front court in the NBA. Now, Jake, not only Oakley Folkley, but if Folkley, who is the best of them? Folkley, <laughs> as much as I want to say I'm beating Sarge right now, it has, but through the first two games, at least it has to be Anthony Davis and Nicole Miritich. I mean, the way I look at it is if I'm in a playoff series and I need a team to carry me to a victory, I don't trust Blake and I don't trust Drummond. I can Ooh. trust AD to get the job done. I don't know much about Miritich, but I can trust Anthony Davis. I just don't think. And the rest of that, and I, you also have to look even, I know when you talk about best front court, you just want to look at those two players. But you have to look about who they're surrounded by. And I think the Pelicans have the better surroundings than the Pistons do. And Julius Randle is a backup out there. I mean, that, that exactly. team is just unique. Well, and the fun thing, too. It's holiday, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it before. Um, it was, I think, in the preseason predictions. It was like, you know, if you put Miritich and Randall out there, it still works. If you put Randall and AD out yeah. there, it still works. If you put Miritich and AD out there, Great it trail. still works. But if we're just talking best duo, I think Boogie and Draymond will have an argument, but I got to see Draymond and see how he plays because mm-hmm. they might hold him out for the whole season. Well, you know, they, they might. No. You don't know. Boogie. Boogie's going to be out there I mean, he's, right now he's Christmas. doing Right now he's doing three on three and five on five. Yeah. But you, you never know. We, we have no idea what's going to happen. He's like the average recovery time. It was February he went out, and we yeah. were expecting a year. We were expecting less than a year because the average recovery time for this injury is like 320 days. Okay. And 300 we, days. We, okay, so what? That's going to put him in January? No, that's putting him like. It was like February 14th when the injury happened. So how many days like are in January? Month, 30. 30. So that'd be so go to December. 31. Go to December. It, no, the the thing though that I agree with Sean though is You're based off of based off of how good this team is, they might not rush him back for December. They might say, "Hey, we can put him in February, March, April, right before the playoffs because we're going to make the playoffs. We just need to put him in with enough time for him to gel with this." He wants team. to earn a contract. It'd be December. He's not doing it. Thirtieth. Exactly. No. If it was if it was February fourteenth, it was. If you look back at like the people who've had the injury, I was reading. Some okay, of that here, but I don't here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. If it was February fourteenth and it's a three hundred and twenty day recovery, no, it's it's not a three twenty. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that right. that was the worst. Like the worst end was at three twenty. The top end was at like two. I think two sixty or something. So like, there's a range. Expect him back before Christmas by far. We'll see. He's working out. I, I hope Drummond and Blake are the best front court duo this year, uh, just because fantasy. they're on our fantasy. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think AD is such a dynamic player, and although Miritich is worse than Blake and Drummond, I would say. Yeah. Um, although obviously the first two outside of the first two games, we'll see how he does consistently <laughs> yeah. over their careers and talents. We, we know how hot Nico can get, though. I'll take Blake and Drummond over Nico. Uh, but again, AD is that good, and, and the gap might be that different because uh, of AD's skill. Uh, let's move now to Jake, and we'll go to T-Wolves uh, quickly. T-Wolves, can they work with Jimmy? They lost 112-108 to 108 against the Spurs. Cat fouled out. Jeff Teague went off. Uh, Gorgie Diang took more shots than Cat. Wiggins played some defense. They win tonight against the Cavs, but again, we're not expecting the Cavs to be a playoff team. Are you expecting that with Jimmy Butler still on this team, forever long that may be, the Wolves can win games and, you know, put themselves near a playoff position. Yeah, I think they put them near the playoff position. I just don't know. I, I'm very – I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room because I I think it's all going good all in front of the cameras and everything, but there's no way there's no tension in the locker room right now with him I, and him and Wiggins mostly. Like Wiggins made an and one today and Jimmy Butler got up and started like fake cheering basically on the <laughs> It's just like – I don't know. I would love to have Jimmy Butler on my team, and I think that the Timberwolves players are a bunch of sensitive 
sensitive people will say. And one, none of the stuff he said was wrong. So I think they should be able to work, but I don't think they would be able to. Anyone saying Oakley or Folkley on this? That the T-Wolves cannot work with Jimmy Butler or can work with Jimmy I'm saying, Butler? I'm saying Oakley. Last year they had him and they made the playoffs, so why not? The interesting thing to go with Jake is I was watching Highly Questionable and they showed the playoff tape that LeBron put on Instagram of him hitting the like three at the buzzer at their yeah. pickup game. And Dan was like, no, 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 scratch this. That means there's tape of that Jimmy practice. Get us that tape. Somebody owns that <laughs> Ricky, tape. Ricky and I'm with that juicy drama. I want that tape. I want to see it. But the interesting thing from tonight about Jimmy is he got booed at the beginning of the game. Then at the free throw line, yep. their MVP he chance. Chanting. Make up your mind, Minnesota. You hate them or you love them because you can't. Do, you can't be bold. Well, it's, it's kind of. It's kind of like one of those things where you see your ex girlfriend at the start of a party and you're like, you son of a bitch. Like you, how dare you? Me, I hate this you so much. Mine. And then at the end, well, you're in love with her. Maybe because, you still love her. You never fell out of love with her. She maybe broke it's up because, with you because you're ugly. I'm a like. <laughs> I've lived. You <laughs> maybe it's because we're from we're from Chicago and Chicagoans are true. If I hate you, I hate you. That's if I true. booed you from the start, I am not saying MVP at the end of the game. We're some stubborn motherfuckers. Uh-huh. But, that's what know, we are. The point being that it, it's it's an Oakley. Like the T Wolves can work with Jimmy. Like he has been the reason why they got to the best for the first time in what, thirteen years. Mm-hmm. So no. You need Jimmy to play well. Jimmy plays really well. Jimmy likes that. Jimmy likes that. Jimmy's a fan. <laughs> Does Jimmy want to be there long term and not get paid his money? No. But, you know, the problem is, is you got to make money for Jimmy. If Jimmy doesn't get his money, Jimmy's going to walk. Here's the thing. Butler is stupidly good. Yeah. 10 of 12 tonight, 1 of 1 from 3, 12 of 12 from the line. He scored 33 points on 12 shots and he was ma- massively spite. efficient. I respect and that. Di- and did not have a, a foul at all. And he was great in that. In that, it was it wasn't super efficient in that Spurs game, but still, I, I he was fine. Yeah. Um. And I look at it, and Wiggins is responding. Wiggins is stepping up and playing defense, and it's weird. Yeah. Um, he's going out there, and he's 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 trying his best to actually score out there. And he wasn't super efficient tonight, but still, eight of twenty one, one of five from three, five of five from the line, two personal fouls, three steals, and twenty two points, and a negative one plus minus. I know some people hate plus minus. The thing that I'm worried about with the whole you know locker room thing and the person the guy that I'm worried about now is Carl Anthony Towns fouled out in the first game, had four fouls this game, 35 minutes, but played less minutes than Dieng in that first game. Only got 10 shots, which was the same as Taj Gibson. Gibson outscored him. It's something where we consistently see him going up against bigger guys and mm-hmm. better players in some ways, like a Joel Embiid and just crumbling under the pressure, going to the playoffs, crumbling under the pressure. Now the pressure's turned up in Minnesota, and he's not able to do so. He's not able to rise to the occasion. Wiggins, although he wasn't efficient, he's rising to the occasion and trying to show up Jimmy Butler. Cat right now is shrinking, and I'm worried about that because that's something you might not be able to grow out of. And yes, he's only 22 years Kat's old. Cat's not a center. That's that's all I'm seeing out here is that this lineup doesn't work because Cat's not a center. But even then, I don't think he has the ability to say, "All right, let's." He can, I, I don't he think he has the ability to respond. Scores. But I, I'm saying oh, he doesn't have the ability a, to respond. Oh, okay. Mentality-wise, he doesn't have the ability to respond. Yeah. So although they can probably work and beat the Cavs, whoop-de-doo, you know, G.D. Osmond's their second leading scorer. G.D. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to work because you need all three of them clicking. He rose Carl plus Towns 20 was, that game just to contact that one. Yeah, but he was also garbage in the Spurs game. Uh, he, they only it. gave him six shots in I this one. Hear. Um, I want to hear it. Six minutes. But again, I, I'm, I'm saying this is Folkley because – I Ooh. look at I look at this, and you need all three of them to to be great, and you need all three of them to make the playoffs. Cat's not there right now. 
And until he shows up, I'm not buying it because okay. you're going to have Wiggins and, and Butler having a pissing contest. And if they go up against good competition, they will lose like they did against the Spurs. And the Spurs didn't even have a point guard out there. Uh, let's move now to Ricky Fisdale led the Knicks to a win in their first game and led them to another win. Correct me if I'm wrong. They lost. I think it was a close one. They lost by a very, very by close two. loss. Yeah, that's uh, a very much back and forth Kar- game. Karras went ahead and uh, hit that game winner. And oh, yeah. Harris things. Brooklyn home happy. Jake, you DM me about that. Um, looking at – did it cut out? Jake, you still there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was DMing me about, about it. I got in here and he was like, this Nets uh, – Knicks game is crazy. Uh, but game of the night. Can the – yeah, the Raptors game didn't turn out great. Uh, can Fisdale lead the Knicks to 28 wins? The over-under before the start of the season uh, was 27.5. They were in the last one, and they got uh, a win in their first one against Atlanta. I'm buying it. After two games, I'll go on a limb and say this. Dark Horse to make the playoffs in the East. What? Like, they are it. a team okay. that I was Jesus not looking Christ. at the beginning of the year. Are they just trying to quell are they, and, are they and gonna, get rid of overreactions? No. And you're like, fuck are they the Knicks gonna, in the playoffs. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they the fourth Probably seed, not. But the thing that I look at is Dick's Knicks team with Fisdale probably should be 2-0 on the season right now. Two wins closer to that 28 Do you know how much turnovers Dark Horses had? Dark Horses shouldn't make the playoffs. But there's a chance. Turn- so you're saying there's a chance. They had, yes, Jesus I am. Jesus Christ. 22 turnovers. That means the, the Knicks had I'm three. The so that, I'm sorry. They had a plus 18 turnover. I said. And t- they still couldn't win. I'm saying Dark Horse, Dave. I'm saying Dark Horse. Dark Horse is, if they, make, if they don't make the playoffs, who cares? I didn't have them in there. But there's a chance they could. If they start gelling there in the season, if Fisdale gets them going, Tim Hardaway Jr. looked great in the first game. Am I going to expect him to put up insane numbers each and every night? No. But somebody from this team is going to step up. I will say for sure they will hit that 28 win mark. Their ceiling, though, is dark horse in the playoffs, even though they probably will still miss. I'm guessing you're Folkley. Folkley. Plus 18 turnovers, and they still lost a game. How? How are you that terrible? So you don't think they're going to be able to win over 27 games? No. No, I'm, I've, I've got them down for 20, probably 23, 24. Like, they're a bad team. I'll just say, I like people on the team. Knox showed up tonight. Hazonia, I think, hasn't been used right. Franks looks okay. Like, look, it, it's they've got a lot of pieces. They don't have a team. That That's where it's at. When Lance Thomas is your starter, you don't have a team. Jake, you've been seeing them. You've saying Oakley or Folkley to 27 and a half wins. Oakley on the win, but I'm all Oakley on Tim Hardaway Jr. That kid's a stud. I don't care if he's shooting inefficient yet. That'll become whenever they actually have more people who can score the basketball. That's their main problem is they don't have enough people who can actually capitalize on the turnover and score the basketball, which is why they're missing Porzingis so much. I mean, I at the end of the you. game, they, yeah, at the end of the game, they had Trey Burke, Frank, Kevin Knox, Tim Hardaway, and Ennis on the court. By the way, you like, can't call Tim Hardaway a kid anymore. He's 26. I mean, he's Sorry. a kid to me. He's younger than yeah, me. Yeah, but he's older than Jake. <laughs> he's older than me. My bad. He's- yeah, I, I do. I do it all the time too. And someone in the comments was like, "You are younger than them." Or yeah, you're older than. Or you're you're, you're younger than them. You can't call LeBron James kid. It's like this is just my dialect. <laughs> but I mean, I, I believe in Tim Hardaway Jr. I think whenever this team actually does come through and be good in any couple of years, he could still be on that team and still be starting on the team. He yeah. he wasn't shying away from taking the last couple the last couple minutes. He was taking the shots, which someone I love, and I think that he, he can score. That's all you need. Ricky, I'm going to go Oakley with you. 
No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Dark no, no, no. The, playoffs, the wins, like the Nets more. just the wins. I'll say they can win. I mean, they get. I know that, games. I know they had KP for most of last season, but they got 29 wins last year. Yeah. You're saying that, like Dave says, they're going to drop off six games yeah. from last year. Like Trey Burke can take over a game, weirdly enough. Like yeah, Tim Hardaway has taken over a game. I think you can get every. Enos, Enos is a you know a top. Lonzo Trey was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean people love that like, one dunk. I like pieces of the team. I don't like them as a team. That's all. All right. And uh, final one we have, and this one was a little bit outdated because they got the doors blown off them in the first game. 111 to 83, lost to the Pacers. Uh, They had the worst point differential before this game. I was going to ask Dave, are the Grizzlies the worst team in the league? But before I do that, uh, I'm looking at the box store, uh, box line from tonight. Uh, They win 131-117 over the Hawks. So maybe the Hawks are who fall to 0-2. But Trey Young had a block. So whoever got blocked by Trey Young needs to quit the league. <laughs> you cannot be blocked by dinosaur arms out there. That is bad. Dinosaur I don't know who it is I'm gonna look it up. For, for, for the Memphis Grizzlies that got blocked by Trey Young, but that's bad. Dave, are the Memphis Grizzlies the worst team in the NBA? I mean, they, they shellacked Atlanta. Like this game, what the scoreboard shows at the end, it wasn't that close. Uh, no, this, this, is, this is a Folkley. Like the Memphis Grizzlies are a solid team. They had an exceptional shooting night. I don't think that will continue long term, but I think that they're a mid tier Western Conference team. No, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Here is here's what I'm gonna say. Okay, this is so Oakley, it's not even funny. No, they are the worst team in the in the Get NBA. Out of here, at least Sean. right now. And here's Get why. Out of it's here. It's because JB Bickerstaff or whatever his name is, maybe JB JB Bickerstaff can't coach, and that's the thing. Look at their rotations right now. Jaron Jackson getting 28 minutes. That's fine. Chandler Parsons is getting 17 minutes. Uh, Jermichael Green's good. getting 14 minutes. You look at Omir Caspi, he's getting 24 minutes. Shelvin Mack getting 25. You go out and pay this Kyle. This is a blowout. You go out and pay Kyle Anderson 20. He's still coming off the bench, and he didn't get any minutes in the in the first game against the Pacers either. Kyle Anderson getting 20 minutes. Dylan Brooks getting 17 minutes. What are these rotations? <laughs> Kyle Why Anderson's are, stat line is 3 4 4 4 1 like, come on. That's pretty good. Even at three turnovers. That's like a Terrence Ross thing. I, I don't understand. Garrett Temple's getting 34, although he's 10 of 11 and 5 of 6. He was literally fire. Like, I, I look at this, and I don't I don't see them being good at all. I think they're going to trade pieces away. I think they might end up finishing with the worst record because I think they're going to might they might trade Connolly if he, if he you know continues to play well. They might trade Gasol if someone wants to bite on it. And then that's going to take them to up a low-level tier. And I don't think that they have the right coach out there to put out the best players. Dylan Brooks should be playing more than Omer Caspi. Kyle Anderson should be playing more than Chandler Parsons. Jaron Jackson should be playing over to Michael Green in the lineup. Let's get it going, and let's get a team out there. And if they don't do it, they're going to be the worst team in the NBA. And I don't care that the Hawks have lost two straight and got blown out by the uh, uh, Knicks and, and Grizzlies. At least they're fun out there. Torian Prince is balling out. That's the fun is not good. <laughs> that that doesn't mean that they're not the worst team in the league. Fuck the Grizzlies. <laughs> At 11-24 in not the, the fans, fourth. but... 11-24 in the fourth quarter, Trey Young blocks Dylan Brooks on a one-foot oh, God layup. God damn it. I said Dylan Brooks on one at seven on the night, just, just an FYI. You know what's going to happen now, right? Because he played four minutes in the game before. He's high, ice cold. What, what, what did you say about the person that got blocked by uh, Trey Young? You, <laughs> you, know that, you know what's going to happen? Last like, year ago when I was on, we criticized somebody that went to triple-double. Now the Grizzlies are Did you say something? Because I, I took my headphones off. <laughs> he's, he's, talking. Talking. Uh, he's talking shit about you and your predictions. That's all. Hold on. Are you talking about Jokic? Jokic? No, he's saying the Grizzlies no, 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 are going to no, no, no. win like I said the Grizzlies are going to win five in a row now. Oh, five in a row. Said Lonzo was shit last oh, year. It's fine if it double. ends up being like your Lonzo take from last year because, I mean, it was just one game. That's all it was. Most, so. of, our, most of our Lonzo takes, so yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Majority of us were agreeing. 
Anyways. The majority of us were. Final. That was the final but, one too. So I mean, are you gonna put the Hawks above the Sixers like you did with every other team? You know. Putting the Hawks above the Sixers? What are you talking you about? Just said like, the worst the team fourth in the team that in the Eastern it's Conference. It's a joke, people. It's a joke because usually Sean's not high on the Sixers. That's what Jake yeah. said. I'm high on the Sixers. I can't hear it all. I mean, my, my, no, my, no one my, can. My thing's right going now. in and out. All right. Uh, you get. Can you not hear? I can't hear now. Yes. Okay. Cool. Don't touch. Uh, well, <laughs> Don't I think, I think touch. this is this has to be the uh, the, the end of it because I can't hear Jake <laughs> at all. Uh, so that's going to be the end of Oakley Folkley. I had a fun time. Yeah, uh, it was a great time. Jake, uh, I'll let you talk. Dave, give me the thumbs up. Uh, when when he's done, uh, but uh, appreciate you. Any final thoughts that you got for us? Uh, we know we're going to be seeing you in uh, March uh, for Bulls Sixers, and we're going to have Jake in studio, which is going to be fun. That'd be crazy. Uh, but after a year, we appreciate all your uh, support. We appreciate you coming on and talking. Uh, hopefully, it's been worth it as well. But uh, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. You know, trust the process as always. That's all you got. Just a just I a simple TTP. That's fine. That's it's classic Jake right, fashion. Jake. Uh, I don't know what he's saying, uh, but nothing, was, nothing I, I wish you just would have given me the thumbs up and I would have just said that's beautiful uh, because it would have been way funnier. But uh, TTP, uh, Jake, we appreciate all your support. Uh, anyone want to final thoughts? Thanks, Jake. I, I love that you've come on and you've kind of changed, you know, uh, hope, hopefully you've changed a lot of people's minds on the Sixers that not all their fans are arrogant douches and, you know, total, totally selling that image. Not arrogant douches, but Jake is definitely high on the Sixers. I'd say that. <laughs> So it's like changing the opinion of them, you know? Yeah, not all Sixers fans are that bad. Well, I hated the Sixers. Before I met Jake, I hated the Sixers, and that was based off of the Derrick Rose playoff series. Right. But uh, Jake, although I am not high on the Sixers like I am on, like, the Celtics, um, Jake's a pretty cool dude. Jake's part of the MVP family. He's one of of my dudes. One of my dudes, right, Sean? Mm -hmm. One of my dudes. I hate that it's one of my dudes. Whenever Ricky finds out about something, and Jake, I'm gonna leave you on the phone. Uh, whenever Ricky finds out about something, and you also he also knows you like it, then he's just gonna keep rubbing he it, runs into the ground. it into the ground. And it's not fun this anymore. The, this is the first time I mentioned it to you. Yeah, and that's like, already. I mentioned it to you last dudes, week, and now it's just like you, you mentioned it once, and I didn't well, respond. And now you mentioned like, it again, and then you just mentioned it again. It's I get it. It's only two times. It was three. He's you walked again. in. You said my dudes. <laughs> did and I? You just said my dudes again. Yeah, you've done it three times. Oh no, I thought he's I only keeping did it track. Twice. That's how bad it is. I only thought he did it twice. So, anyways, Jake. Thank you, Jake, so much. Appreciate you. If you want to be like Jake, uh, he's one of a kind. Sorry. Uh, But if you want to be a patron like Jake, at least check out patreon.com slash most of podcast. You could be on the fast break like uh, Jake's uh, on on the fast break all the time. You could be uh, on the onside kick, primetime podcast, a Patreon podcast, Rick and Johnny podcast as well. Um, That's going to do it. Jake, appreciate you. It's been a fun year. Let's make it two. Let's move into the last topic where we talk about the Phoenix Suns and can they possibly make the playoffs? I know it's a little bit ridiculous. But after their season opener winning 121-100 and having a phenomenal performance from Devin Booker, from their rookie uh, DeAndre Ayton, getting 23 from Trevor Ariza, and having their new coach in Igor and having some veteran leadership like Tyson Chandler and Jamal Crawford, who they just signed, can this team possibly, possibly put enough wins together to push towards maybe the 8th spot, maybe even the 10th spot, which would be a huge jump from the bottom of the league. Dave, what are your thoughts? I think it's going to be a huge ask for them to do that. But looking at that team last night, I was thoroughly impressed. Like, it wasn't last night, but whatever, two nights ago. Thoroughly impressed. Like, what they had out there was actually really interesting because DeAndre Ayton played better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Reza apparently was, like, close to a triple-double. 21, 8, and 7. Uh, he was just – he was a little bit everywhere. And it was, like, a quiet score, too. It was, mm-hmm. like – 
it just kind of tallied up. Like he hit a couple in a row, and then it was like, oh, okay, Trevor's back in. He hits shot, cool. I think this team actually has a really good balance, except for the fact they don't have a point guard. Yes. Like minus that, wow. But here's the thing: Devin Booker's a fantastic passer. Josh Jackson's a fantastic passer. Aiton was a great passer. Ariza's is a good pass- passer. Crawford, once he finally gets into game shape, he's mm-hmm. a good passer. And you even look at Mikhail Bridges, who didn't play, mm-hmm. is a good passer. Yeah, he, he technically was entered into the game. Okay. In, in, in true minutes, he didn't actually play. <laughs> and even ok- Okobo, did, I didn't get much playing time as well. And, you know, while they don't have a true number one, a, a point guard they can go to, Booker has played the one at points, yeah. and he has the ability to pass. I mean, you, you don't have, like, a, a guy who's going to be a Chris Paul, a floor general out there, but... They have the ability to move the ball around, and that's what I was massively impressed by. Yeah. And here's the one thing before I go to Ricky. This is statistically one of, if not their best game since Steve Nash left. Like, they had they were tied for most threes in franchise history uh, with 19. They had 35 assists in a game, which is tied for the most since Steve Nash left. They had the ninth best three-point percentage in since Steve they Nash left miss. at 55.9%, which isn't going to be high, but also if they come down 10%, 45 as a team is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight times since 1990, uh, and this is a different one, but eight times since 1990, uh, there's been a game where they've shot 50% from three, had 30-plus assists, and taken over 33s in that game. This was the eighth time in their fr- franchise history since 1990 where they've done that. I mean, it was incredible what yeah. they did last night. And we look at DeAndre Ayton. He was phenomenal. Booker took over the game. You have a leader uh, in, in, in Devin Booker who take over games. You have a guy down low who can be fan- fantastic. I think this team could possibly get 30 wins, and I don't really feel crazy saying it. 30 wins isn't crazy, and it's crazy for them after winning, what, 17 games last year? But 21. 21. 21. So 30 games isn't crazy. I'm, I'm actually even 35. I, I think, yeah, I say, they're in that 30 to 35 range. They're, they they're could be similar dangerous. to Los Angeles last year. But that's You're taking the word. I don't even have to talk. Sean's in my Sean head right it. now. And as I was looking at the standings from last year, I'm looking at it and I go, you know what? They're not a clipper nugget range from last year. They're not going to be that 42, 46. But this is a team to me I think misses the playoffs. They're at 35 wins. Like Trevor Ariza is... The main thing, I know it's only one game, but this is what we expected. Veteran leadership, and maybe not 21 points. But 21, 8, we, and 7. <laughs> I, I expected him to be a positive to this team. And maybe he overplayed it a little bit in game one. We don't know. we got to see more games. But, I mean, this Suns team, I think, is going to be... It's going to be one of those seasons for the Suns where it's like they're a fun team to watch. They are. You're actually enjoying that. It's kind of like I'll relate it to. Uh, I don't even know if I had fun a lot talking or watching the Bulls last year because we were in tank mode for some of it. But it's going to be that season where you're not. You don't have any expectations. You're having fun watching this team, and then next year after you have another free agency year, which coach with Coach Igor. Then you're starting to think, all right, can we make a run for that eight seed? Can we seriously think about that as a fan base? And here's the thing too with Phoenix is if they are going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. they have to. They're not going to be like Los Angeles in the sense where they can go out and get big names. Yeah, they're going to have to be like Denver. And when we look at Denver, and what's draft. a big thing that they have is they have Jamal Murray, who they drafted, Jokic, who they drafted, uh, I think Barton, who they drafted, mm-hmm. Gary Harris, who they drafted. We look at the homegrown talent that they have. Devin Booker was drafted and has been phenomenal, and I think he already ex- signed, He's his already extension. signed his extension. Um, yes, DeAndre Ayton, who was their number one pick this year. We look at uh, uh, Cal Bridges, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren. Um, TJ Warren. I mean, they have the ability to get players in there Dragon and Bandana. have bodies. 
TJ Warren as well uh, was shooting threes and knocking yeah, them down. What the hell was up with that, Sean? You didn't tell me your boy could shoot threes. He can't. He's a splash pro. I, he can't, and that's the thing is I don't want to jinx him because if he can shoot threes, then good for him, and he's going to make his value even more important. He's going to be more than just a six man who's a guy who's a bench scorer leading the second unit. I'm massively impressed with this team, and the point that I was getting to with the, the you know they have to be mm-hmm. like Denver. So far, they're in a really great place to take that set because they already have that homegrown talent. Yeah. And Jokic, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Aiton's going to develop quicker than Jokic is because Jokic had to develop his shot. Jokic also wasn't the physical monster that Aiton shape. was. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, and Jokic so far has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's developed his game and he's so savvy. But Aiton has that ability to take over games now as a rookie. Devin Booker has more potential to take over a game. He already showed it than Jamal Murray does. Um, you know, we saw last year putting up 25 uh, points. I think he was the guy who was 25 of 5. 25 yeah. 5 5. Victor Oladipo was twenty three and five. That's yeah. what I keep messing them up with during the uh, NBA fantasy draft. Fucker, yeah. Um, Honestly, I thought but, eight and out the gates. If they kept feeding him, like he wasn't missing, like he could have put up like 25, 27 range. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And thank you for bringing that up because when I had I have two two notes, but here's the thing: DeAndre Ayton had eighteen plus uh, eighteen points, uh, ten boards, six assists. Insane. I was looking up on Basketball Reference guys who had that in the the first month of their rookie season. Three guys. DeAndre Ayton was one of them, and I looked up 18-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and 6-plus assists. You want to guess the other two? This was since 1983. Mm. That had 18, 10, So Magic Johnson. In their first game? No. Really? In in their first month as a rookie, because I couldn't do first game. So this is just uh, October. Nope. Are they... Am I going to know who they are? Yes, 100%. You're going to know. These aren't like weird, like... It's not like Keith Trailer or uh, Robert Mm. Trailer. Are they all? Can I? The, can I get both years? of them are current. Oh, current, current. Okay. LeBron James. LeBron James. He did it as an 18 year old against mm-hmm. Phoenix. He had 41 uh, minutes, eight of 17, 47 from the field, seven of or sorry, one of five from the field. Um, he had 12 total rebounds, eight assists, and 21 points. KD. Nope. Mm. Not James Harden. James Harden wasn't. What he was about five. Think Jake's year anniversary. Ben Simmons. No. Think Jake's year anniversary, Dave. Who did he trash on? Lonzo. Lonzo. No. What did oh, Lonzo shit. do? You're he right. went against Phoenix, oh dropped God, 29, had 9 assists and 11 that boards. Game. But here's the thing. So first off, all of those games with all of those guys yeah. all involved Phoenix. Yep. Eight plays for Phoenix, <laughs> and the other two were against Phoenix. They're just finally on funny. the good side this yep. time. They got sunsed. Aiton had the least <laughs> amount of field goals attempted and still put up 18 points. Yep. He had the least amount of minutes. He had 36. Ball had 37. Uh, LeBron had 41. He had the <laughs> highest game score out of them. This was in his first game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lonzo's was his third. LeBron's was, was on Halloween, I believe. Um, so it was like the 30th. He's the only player with a block. They both had a steal, but uh, Aiden had a block. LeBron turned it over seven times. Lonzo <laughs> turned it over four. Aiden didn't have a turnover. Mm-hmm. Aiden was fantastic. He was 72%. Clean. He was perfect from the line. This is something that he can keep up, too. I didn't look at this and was like, oh, he's overachieving. We talked about this rookie of the year. You picked him for rookie yeah, of the year. I didn't expect we to thought have eight... him pass out of the low post as well as he does. No, but 18 and 10 is something yeah, that we totally yep, predicted for him. Called that. So I, I think that, you know, with the way that they pass the ball, him passing like that, now, you know, this, he might not do six honestly, assists this is, every night. This is what we're seeing out of Igor is this team moves the ball around, and I love it. And I, I think that, that it, it's their biggest bonus because they don't have a true point guard, but they've got so many willing passers, and they keep moving off ball. 
Like mm-hmm. this is this is awesome. As a fan of Phoenix, like you have to be thrilled. I'd love to have Zeon like next week. Well, yeah. and if they're still successful, I'll keep talking about it. And the thing I think of is you mentioned Denver with how they should build. I am gonna go to the gold standard because it's kind of almost the same thing. Of think of the Warriors before what we know them as KD. right now. Well, even before Steph and that. If you were gonna mention the Warriors. A f- big free agent was like, I ain't going to Golden State. Why would I want to go play for the Warriors for? They're, like, they're not a good team. It's not somewhere that I want to go. Their biggest free agent exactly. in my life. But Jackson? What, what they're going to have to do, the that? Suns that is, is maybe do that as well, where you're already drafting. You've got Dev Book, who's going to be like your Steph Curry. You've got now DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be a staple of this team. But the free agents that you add, mm-hmm. Trevor Rees is one of them. He's like their Andre Iguodala. That guy where it's like he can contribute, comparison. but he's not that like big marquee free agents. Maybe he's a guy that, and not a Rees is this, maybe Iguodala is more of this, where it's like, hey, you know what? He can contribute. He's got something to prove because other teams maybe didn't want him as much, and they can get guys that can Add to the team in that sense is veteran presence. Uh, Steven Jackson was acquired by Golden State uh, via a trade. Uh, um, Al, Al, and Al Harrington was too. So oh. He was actually in the Steven Jackson trade. Hey. It was, uh, sorry, Steven Jackson, Al Whole Harrington, range of emotions from Sarunas, oh, hey. Javakinis, and Josh Powell for Troy Murphy, Mike Dunleavy, Iku Digu, and Keith McLeod. So there you what go. a group. Um, and then he was later traded from the Knicks to the Hornets, uh, to the Warriors uh, for Jamal Crawford. Um, but <laughs> I just I think that the building pieces are there, and mm-hmm. again, I, playoffs is something that is a little bit clickbaity. That's a lofty thing, but, but their their wing b- depth is incredible. And look, and look at their defense without playing Mikael Bridges, pretty much. Yeah, and look at their defense too. Like Booker wasn't, you know, Booker's not a phenomenal defender, mm-hmm. but also you look at him in the in the fourth quarter, and I know he's going up against you know young players and Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. They literally um, couldn't shoot. Like I felt bad for Dallas, and I, I know somebody was like, "Well, look at every team that went to China mm-hmm. and look how bad they shoot in the first game back." Yeah, well, the and last that, two years, it's they shoot like twenty eight percent or something. It's terrible. They're also not an offensive powerhouse. Like, True, like, they're missing they're Harrison very, Barnes. They're very young, missing Harrison Barnes, missing Dirk, Dirk as well. Yeah. Um, this is the first time you're Top playing 10 with power forward right there. Yeah, you're, this is the first time you're playing with you know Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. <laughs> Luka Doncic is the first regular season game. It's yeah. the first time they're playing together in, in games. And also DeAndre Jordan getting used to the Rick Carlisle system. Um, so, I mean, it's not crazy that they stomp the Mavericks. But also, I don't think this is something that they cannot replicate. Because, yeah. you know, if they go up against Golden State, they're probably going to get stomped. But they've got the Nuggets well, next up. Um, <laughs> that game's going to be like 140-138. Yeah, but I, I. But here's the thing: is I don't think I don't think <laughs> nobody questions the numbers. No, I, I don't think Phoenix is going to be that bad defensively, because oh. again, Trevor Reese is fantastic. He's, Josh he's Jackson's one of the best on-ball defenders, like young young on-ball defenders, pretty good uh, in the league. Ayton is a pretty damn good defender right now, as at least for a rim protector. Like I, I think that we overstated his things because when guys are coming out, we have to nitpick. When we overanalyze yeah. for six months on your thing, like yeah, yeah. It, it sort of gets overblown. He's not as bad as Bagley was coming out. Bagley no. was bad. Ayton yeah. was fine. He just you know was abused at sometimes. But also we were talking about him not caring. Seems the like weird, he cares right now. The weird thing was, I don't know if you guys were like listening in as well uh, when you're watching the game, like. They were talking about how in college he got the gold jersey. Basically, it was like a weekly award for most effort, like hardest mm-hmm. worker on the team. He got that every week he was there. <laughs> yeah. Every single week. Nobody even else sniffed it. Like, And that's so weird to hear on the outside because the narrative from the media was always, 
look, he's so like nonchalant about this. He doesn't try very hard against bad teams. You know, this is why Arizona can't win games. Well, no, it was not there. And for me, it was always, I never saw it as like, oh, he's not a hard worker. It was just, he's bored. He's bored out there where it's like, it would be like if you told LeBron James, hey, go play, go play a year of college before you can come play in the NBA. Like LeBron would probably be, he probably wouldn't because LeBron's LeBron got like a certain so drive. He did commit like, to Ohio State. I just found that out like, mm-hmm. last week or something. But I mean, there is a like he just DeAndre Ayton was just like, why am I? It kind of looked like, why am I doing this half the time? Like, why am I? I'm just going to dominate these kids. It's been one game, so we were mm-hmm. over analyzing, but I didn't see that out of yeah. him in this game. And he was going up against DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. who I know isn't really you know stretching the floor or anything like mm-hmm. that, but. He is a guy that has been in the league for a long time, and he didn't look like he was being beat up down there. I just think that Phoenix is a team that maybe they do sneak up on people because they mm-hmm. have a guy who could take over and score points. Devin Booker is a number one scorer on a team, even mm-hmm. if he's not. A, oh, absolutely. Even if he's not, you know, a top twenty player in the NBA right now. Even if he's not a top five shooting guard, like we didn't have him, it doesn't mean he's not a fantastic scorer. Yeah. We just were saying you were putting up garbage numbers on a, a bad team. You just put up great numbers. On a team that just blew the doors off the Mavericks and did it in a very team-oriented way. Yeah. And you took over that game, and it wasn't something where he was chucking up major shots. He hit every shot he had to. and when he, he was feeling it and making the right decisions off the pick-and-rolls, the pick-and-pops. He knew when to roll with the ball, and that that's the thing. <laughs> is like He felt the flow of the game, and that's something you want to see out of your star. Well, And he came in, he, he, he put up points before, came out, then came back in at 8.44. 8.44 of the fourth. You look at what he did after that. 12 points, two assists, one board, three of four from the free throw line. Uh, he was four for four from the field, three for three from three point line. He had one bad play. One bad play that I could count. It was mm-hmm. a bad pass. It was a turnover. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he was phenomenal in the closing eight minutes of that game. That's something that you need to be a team that's going to win games consistently. And you look at Denver last year, Jokic really didn't step up until Millsap went down and he felt like he could take over that team. Mm-hmm. We look at Los Angeles. Who was the guy taking over games for them? Lou Will. Who mm-hmm. I love Lou Will. He's a fun player to watch. But Devin Booker is a guy that has that next level scoring ability. And we look at now DeAndre Ayton. We look at Trevor Ariza, we look at Tyson Chandler, we look at um, uh, Jamal Crawford. They have veteran presence. They have that great youth balance, and their youth isn't even playing right now. And we look at what Igor's done with Utah and what Utah did last year. Yeah, Phoenix could be a shocking team, and maybe it's not postseason because, mm-hmm. again, you just beat up on the Mavericks, and the Mavericks aren't going to be a great team this year. Well, and But that's I think thing. this is a team that could surprise people in some games. Maybe not Golden State, but, hey, but, maybe we go up against the Nuggets and we win. Well, that's the thing. Late in the year, I think this is a team that can really— Ruin some um, mm, playoff chances. Like I think that their team late in the year who's still gonna be fighting because they're gonna be out of the like bottom two in the West. So that means, hey, guess what? We don't have to worry about our placing. Just go out there and try to win games and continue to grow this talent because I like everything I see. I hope that you know I went in this year and I asked that I was like Trevor Reese is just gonna play out you know a couple of months and then be traded. Mm-hmm. Like I look at game one and I'm overreacting. I don't care. I'm like that's why you you brought him here to be a veteran on the team who's won a ring who's been there who's done that and like watching their wing depth i'm like jesus this is awesome like i want him on this team i want him to grow i want him to help this team grow i want him to be a mentor to guys like josh jackson and bridges and tj warren that it's yeah it's changed my opinion after one game i'm i I, i'm gonna make a i hope this is a spicy prediction all right the suns at the end of the year will affect the Utah Jazz's playoff seating. Because the reason why, think about what Dave just said. 
Suns could be a team that affects some teams with their playoffs. Like, oh, if we wouldn't have lost that game, maybe it would have been a higher seed. Since March 13th, they will play the Jazz three times. Ooh. I think they will go 2-1 and one against the Jazz in that spread, and the Jazz might drop from, like, would have been three, now they're, like, six or seven in the playoff seedings because of it. Two of them are in Phoenix, and the one big thing, too, is uh, that first one on March 13th, uh, they play against Golden State the the game before. Well, they got two games in, but two days off in between. They got two games off. They got the Monday and Tuesday off, which is going to be huge. Then they go to Houston. Then they go to New Orleans, which is going to be you know it's a horrible, mm-hmm. it's a tough match. It's a horrible five game stretch because they got Portland game before. And then you got Golden the Bulls, State. Detroit, you have, and Sacramento. Yeah, <laughs> then you have a, a huge break. Even Washington and Memphis mm-hmm. as well, and Cleveland. So you have another five game break. Mm-hmm. Then you go. Uh, sorry, you have a three game break. Then you play Utah. Um, at Utah, but then you have another break of Washington, Memphis, and Cleveland. All of those are at home. Then you have a day off on Tuesday after that Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. You're playing Utah. I think that's a pretty fair thing to throw out there. I, I don't, I, and even especially with Igor's yeah. connection, I like it. They could probably screw up, and maybe they take two of those three games, and that, like you said, and I that know could screw them up. Maybe it's me overreacting to the Jazz's first game, but after watching that Jazz first game, I was like, yeah, well, I know you got the win, but it's like. I felt like the Jazz would be a little bit more dominant, especially against the Kings team, first game of the year. But right now they're up 11 against Golden State. Yeah. So, I mean, anything could change. You can't overreact to Golden State, though, is the team where it's like, I mean, TNT, the guys on TNT put it perfectly. Are they going to be bored that night? Because if they're bored that night, then you can upset them and get the win. KD's already got 26 points. He's shooting lights out 10 to 14 at this point. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they put up, they put up, uh, 81 points in the first half. Okay. Uh, Utah did. I'm just saying, and Joe right Ingles is again killing it because that's all Joe Ingles points. does. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, you know, it's, the man's it's five or six from three. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the, the Golden Top State. Top ten game. small forward. Uh, if Golden State loses, are they in trouble? Let's just no. fucking keep overreacting everything. Grayson Allen's um, not going to play a minute for goal for uh, Utah for like the first month of this year. And you picked him as a sleeper, I, didn't you? I, I did. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Coach Psychopath doesn't like his Coach, effort on defense. Coach Psychopath. Jingles is 5 of 6? Like I said, he is fire. Holy shit. Rubio's already got 10 assists, too. No, this Rubio's is a good game. Double, double. I, wish, I wish we could watch. But instead, we're talking about the Suns. The yeah. Suns. Any final thoughts on the Suns? Because we were. Right I think they're going to be a better team, probably where L.A. was last year. And then next year, depending on their free agency, we'll be talking playoffs maybe Eight seed next year. A lot of moving pieces could have some money to throw around. I think. What's the thing they miss then? At least what's a, what, what's like the next thing they need? Is it just a point? It's guard? a point guard. That's what I'm wondering. If they trade, like, if uh, I don't know, because I look at Terry Rozier and I go, is that a guy who is going to be on the market? All right, here, come December, they are because Terry Rozier did not uh, reach an agreement with the the Celtics Correct. before the uh, the deadline. Come December. Suns are in eighth eighth place in the playoffs. Wow! Do they trade for? I mean, it's what like twenty games. Yeah, they're in the hunt at least. Yep. They're they're ten to seven in in the playoffs ending. Do they go out and trade for a playoff a point guard? Do they need to? No. Do they feel pressure to? No. If they keep passing like this, no. But I think that the big question for me is what what's the price? Because you don't trade with. Uh, Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Like he well, trades just a point guard in general. Not even not even Rosie. Yeah. Not even Rosier. Do you think they need to? Let's let's see what we see out of Okapo. Let's see what we see out of uh, Melton. I'm not sold yet. I would almost lean yes. If if you're rolling and you're winning games, I might be interested. As long as I don't have to give up my pick this year, 
I'm interested. If the passing keeps up, I don't think you need to trade, trade for a point guard. I think they make a move. And I think that move is more defense. Uh-huh. Um, because right now, you have go-to scorers. You have TJ Warren off the bench. You have Devin Booker. You have the ability of Aiton um, if, if he's, you know, falling out. Yeah. Trevor Reza just gave you 23. Jamal Crawford. 21, yeah. Yeah, oh, 21. Jamal Crawford can be a, a go-to scorer when he's on. You have the scoring. I True. think you just need more defense, and that's at the guard position. So maybe they do go trade for a point guard. Maybe they just go for a, you know, a guy who can play defense. Maybe like an Avery Bradley is available because he can pass the ball. He can move it around. He could shoot from the outside. So, I mean, he's not, he's, not, he's, he's not. He's a combo. That's why I'm like, I still see him as a two more. but No, he's a two still, team. but he's, he can pass is what yeah. I'm saying. Like he's yeah. not gonna, He's not going to slow down that offense. It'll be interesting. I know we looked at that, uh, basically the whole Clippers backcourt as potential trade bait. So we'll have to see what they're doing. Do they go Milos? Who was what was the team we were pushing? Oh, the Spurs. It was, yeah. We were just pushing the Spurs to for Milos, but we'll see what happens. Any final thoughts on the Phoenix Suns? Uh, I think the point guard that they will add will be either Darius Garland or Trey Jones. I'm probably going to call Trey Jones to the Suns in the draft. That's the point guard they're going to get. He's going draft. Oh, mm-hmm. draft. Yeah, okay. they're going to get that point like, guard the in the draft Darius in 2019. Garland? He's at no, Vanderbilt. I know he's at yeah. Vanderbilt, but. Uh, I, at first, I was, and mm-hmm. Trey Jones is at Duke. I was yep. just like, but I thought you, I thought you were talking about current players. Like, what the fuck are you talking? I'm in, I'm in draft mode already. Can't wait. Season's gonna start for college in about a month, and that's where the Suns are gonna go. Let's see how close we are, like we were last time. Yeah, uh, we, we real good. Our Mach 1.0. I was starting. Uh, I started listening to Ryan Rosillo's podcast, mm-hmm. and he he does a thing at the end He's of his guy. where it's uh, Chris Fowler trivia, um, where he answers, he throws out a trivia question, and he answers it before he finishes the question. Now, I will just throw out trivia to you guys, mm-hmm. all right? I looked up the Los Angeles Lakers franchise index, and they got the top all-time 12 players that are, uh, you know, uh, aligned by win share. Um, here, here, number one's Kobe. Number two is Jerry West. Three is Kareem. Four is Magic Johnson. Five is George Mikan. Six is Elgin Bayo. Seven is Shaq. Name me three of the next five. Because two of them you can get. The other three you're not. Pogasaw? No. You get ten guesses. Derek Fisher. No. Robert Horry. No. It's no one on those teams, I'm guessing. <laughs> no no one from the, the Shaq 2000s. and Kobe days. Oh, so before I started watching... Basketball? Is it Worthy? Worthy's were, were one. Yeah. Um, they're from the Magic teams, I'm assuming. The the Magic Johnson teams. Uh, right? Yeah, two of them are. So I got Worthy. That's one of them. What, two more you said? Or three? Uh, you have to get two more of the five. There's four oh, okay. more. There's you have five. to get two of them. Um, you got six guesses to do so. Do you want to throw? I got nothing. My basketball history right now, I can't name names. You kidding me? That's my worst thing ever. <sighs> the name that's coming to mind, I know it's wrong. Kurt Rambis. No. Um, I don't even know. Like that's How old? before. Give, give us a decade. That's uh, before I was. Two even... of them are eighties. Okay. One so of them seventies, eighties. Before I was born. Um. Yeah, but you you know. I know you know one of them. You mm-hmm. might not know him for playing. You name, definitely know one of them. Name he's one the, of the best Name of all time. the ones you named again, just so I don't like Kobe, uh-huh. Jerry West, uh-huh. Kareem, uh-huh. Magic, uh-huh. Mikan, Baylor, Shaq, Wilt, Wilt. Okay, so I got so, so Wilt and Worthy. You have four more chances to get three. To get one. Oh, you oh to one get more. one. Yeah, I said three or five. Of okay, so I got Wilt and Worthy. You're not going to get um, one of them. I know that. So I'm not going to get the last. I'm not going to throw them out. No, you have two other, oh, okay. two other guys, and you have four guesses. Um, he was a, The guy that you're not going to get was a Hall of Famer, six-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, but I don't think you're going to get him. We never talk about him, and he never had a season over 20 points. Four-time NBA champ. 
So he was both a, guys have higher win shares than Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> which is so weird. That's are they the from the, are they from the Matt or the Magic yes, Johnson uh, teams? They play. Uh, one of them played for, for uh, the Lakers from eighty three to ninety two. Uh huh. The other one played from eighty five to ninety two. Uh, why? Why is it that the only thing that I can think of right now is James? Like all I can think of is James Worthy. It's not James That's Worthy. All I can think of. Well, I already said. Yeah, one of them is a three-time. Worthy. I think both of them are three-time NBA <sighs> champs. Is one of them Cupcheck? No, no. So I got what? Two more guesses to get one. You got three. Uh, Kareem. Kareem was already one of them. What did you say, Kareem? Yeah. That's the one thing I was like, am I going to say? Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, Byron Scott. Byron Scott. Yeah. There you go. There we the go. The other one, AC Green. And, the and Tank then, uh, Commander. I know AC Green. <laughs> yeah, AC. Yeah, well, you didn't say anything. You were quiet for the last one. And then the last one was uh, the Vern Tank Mickelson. Commander. <laughs> I don't know who Vern Mickelson was either. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, he never had a uh, thing over 20. But Byron Scott and E.C. Green have higher win shares than Will Chamberlain in his Laker career, which I found shocking. That's what I was going to ask it for you. Uh, and Will only played five seasons, uh, but over those five seasons, he averaged 17 points, 19.2 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. You know who else uh, was on? Shot 60% uh, from the field. Was on those Magic Johnson teams? Hmm. I believe this is uh, um, McAdoo's we'll father, Bob McAdoo, was on those teams. The McAdoo that... Why am I blanking on his first name? Um, ben Mac, not Ben McAdoo. Ben it's McAdoo, a, the former coach of the Giants. No, no, the coach of the Bob Giants. McAdoo. I thought there was a McAdoo Bob in. Who the fuck are you talking about? Oh, I'm probably thinking Javale McGee. Screw it, whatever. End the podcast. Show. All right, cool. Thanks, Ricky, for that. Um, thanks for Dave for uh, <laughs> joining on this trivia. Uh, I didn't know we were still recording at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna wrap it up. Uh, we, I, I was like, we were gonna okay, do a G just... League. I did it though. I did it. We were gonna do a I G League it. thing about uh, the hundred twenty five dollar contracts they were gonna uh, start offering, but it, it's the same old stuff. Guys might go, but then again, you could still get money from Adidas, and you could play for a team and get national recognition. You're not gonna get national recognition against yeah. the G League, and you're gonna get better treatment in college than you are in the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we were going to talk about is the Raptors. They got a win over the uh, Celtics, Celtics and got tonight. a win over the uh, – who they put in the first game? The Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got wins over the Celtics and Cavs. Kawhi has been fantastic. Really looks like he's injured, guys. Um, don't know why he didn't play in the playoffs. Because he but didn't want to play whatever. for them. Yeah, and I, that's he's why I was upset. sarcastic. Yeah. That's I'm why just I was telling you, we know why he didn't play, and I'm fine with it. I'm glad he's back playing basketball. That's all I yeah, care about. Yeah, they look good. They look really good. Sorry about not having three topics. We we technically had three segments of Wet Boys. Uh, Wet Boys went long. Oakley Folkley went real playoffs. long. Yeah, but that did, was, they were, I think they were both good segments. They're yeah, we good listens. 30 for Suns, 50 for Oakley Folkley, and then 18 for Wet Boys. So it's a typical podcast, but just weird out layout. And also, we talk about most of the big stories. We did. I um, think we had pretty much everything. And we'll go back to the typical uh the typical um, three-segment shows. Um, we're starting mock drafts and big boards, I think, in November, January. December. Uh, no, we're January. not waiting until January. No, that's, that's what it was time. last year, yeah. Really? Yeah. Big God. boards are in November, and then the drafts are in January. Yeah. So mm. there we go. Oh, we'll figure something out. But uh, we, we will have drafts uh, sometime soon. Young so early last year. <laughs> we will have dra- uh, draft uh, coming up soon. I mean, the college season hasn't even started yet either. Yeah. Uh, we will have draft stuff coming up soon. Uh, that's going to be it. We're mm-hmm. going to wrap it up. Uh, don't forget to rate us on iTunes if you're still listening. Um, I saw some of the numbers uh, today for, uh, for our stuff, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just want to appreciate you guys. Uh, 
fantastic numbers, and it's all because you guys keep listening. Um, and if you guys can rate us, we have 36 ratings on iTunes. Um, so if you have the ability to and you want to help us out, uh, get us more viewers and uh, more ears on this, um, we'd greatly appreciate it. So uh, check out our iTunes page and give us a rating. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.